No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. After the worldwide flood, God made a covenant with all creation, a covenant that is still in effect today. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 8, right here on Simply the Bible. Imagine being cooped up in a big boat with thousands of animals for a year. As soon as the door opened and you could go outside and walk on the ground, how would you feel? What would you do? That is exactly what happened to Noah and his family when after the flood, God told them to leave the ark. We pick it up in Genesis 8, verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. The first thing that Noah did when he got off the ark was to build an altar and worship the Lord. He offered burnt offerings of every clean animal and every clean bird. God had told Noah to take onto the ark seven pairs of clean animals and clean birds. Still, there were only seven pairs of each. Wouldn't it have been prudent to wait for them to multiply a bit before offering them as sacrifices? With no place to live, wouldn't it have been smart to build a house before building an altar? Evidently, Noah didn't think so. His first order of business was to give God thanks for saving them. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. This sacrifice pleased him. Many people think that work is more important than worship. They don't have time to read the Bible or pray or go to church or even get away for an occasional retreat. But God considers our worship to be more important than our work. Worship requires effort. Noah had to build an altar. Worship costs us something. Noah sacrificed a seventh of every clean animal and bird that he had. But our worship is a soothing aroma that pleases the Lord. And it blesses us because God blesses those who worship him. Noah led his family in worship and in so doing established the spiritual example for future generations. Verse 21, then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. God resolved in his heart never again to destroy every living thing through the flood waters. Now, every intent of man's heart was evil before the flood, and the imagination of his heart was evil after the flood. But God changed his method in how he deals with it. God smelled the soothing aroma of sacrifice and decided that he wouldn't destroy man for his sins. Noah's sacrifice pointed to the better sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God determined that as long as the earth remains, the seasons will run their cycles without interruption and day and night will never cease. This is also how God deals with us today. Even though the imaginations of our hearts are evil from our youth, 
God smells the soothing aroma of the sacrifice of his son and determines that he won't judge us as our sins deserve. He gives us time to repent and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, God made a covenant with all creation. This was a new deal. In verse 9, the word covenant is used for the first time in Scripture. And a covenant is a promise or an undertaking resting on certain conditions that has a sign attached to it. There were seven parts to God's covenant with all creation in the post-flood world. This covenant is still in effect today. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. First, God told them to repopulate the planet. He blessed them and then repeated the commandment that he gave to Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Verse 2. And the fear of you... And the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth and every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth and on all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And I've given you all things, even as the green herbs. Second, it was now permissible to eat meat. Prior to the flood, people were vegetarians, but now the birds, animals, and fish would be food for them as well as the edible plants. God would put the fear of man upon the animals. We just bought some cows and put them on our property. And even though I feed them, they run away from me. I I think somehow they must know that one of their fellow bovines is now in my freezer. It is interesting that Certain religions teach to abstain from eating meat because Hindus hold cows to be sacred. They won't eat them. Yet many of their people go hungry. The Apostle Paul warned Timothy that in the last days, some would depart from the faith and give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. They tell people to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 4.4, For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. However, there was one dietary restriction that God gave to Noah. Verse 4, But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. So the third part of God's covenant was not to eat animals with the lifeblood still in it. We can eat meat, but it is to be dead meat with the blood poured out. God was also setting the stage for the role of blood in worship. He later told Moses in Leviticus 17, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. The blood was set apart for the forgiveness of sins and not to be eaten. It is interesting that in Acts 15, when the early church determined which requirements to place upon the Gentile converts, they repeated this commandment to abstain from eating meat with the blood still in it. Really showing that this covenant was still in effect. Verse 5. Surely, for your lifeblood, I will demand a reckoning. 
From the hand of every beast, I will require it. And from the hand of man, from the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Fourth, God would demand a reckoning for the shedding of human blood. This is the first reference in Scripture to the day of judgment when everyone will give an account of himself to God. God considers the lifeblood of humans to be sacred and requires a reckoning from both man and beast. This indicates that this covenant really was with all creation. Verse 6, Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man, and as for you, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. The fifth part of the covenant was that human government would be responsible to execute capital punishment for intentional murder. This principle carries over to the New Testament. Speaking of governing authorities, the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 13, 4, For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. I assure you, the Roman sword was not to tickle people. One of the reasons we have so many murders in the world today is because people have set aside God's commandment. Verse 8. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never Again, shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. So the sixth part of the covenant was that God promised he would never again destroy the earth with a flood. This was his part of the agreement. And it was with all creation. According to 2 Peter 3.10, the next time the Lord destroys the earth, it will be with fire. Verse 12. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And it shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Now every covenant that God makes has a sign by which the covenant is remembered. The seventh part of God's covenant with creation is the sign of the rainbow. The rainbow is formed by the right combination of raindrops, sunlight, and the angle of the observer. Because there had been no rain prior to the flood, there would have not been any rainbows either. But with rain comes rainbows. 
And this would be the perpetual sign that God would never again destroy the earth with the floodwaters. In every other covenant that God would make with man, the sign of the covenant would be a reminder to man. But in this first covenant, the sign was a reminder to God. When the rainbow appears in the cloud, God looks at it and remembers his covenant with every living creature on earth, never again to bring a flood to destroy all flesh. Since then, there have been numerous local floods, but no worldwide flood. God has kept his promise. Of course, when we see the rainbow in the clouds, it is also a beautiful reminder to us of God's never-ending promise. Sometimes while enjoying a rainbow, I think to myself, God and I are both looking at this rainbow and remembering his promise. And it makes me smile. With this covenant and a whole new world, Noah, his sons, their wives, and all the living creatures began to replenish the earth. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. You'll also find an email address, and we'd love to hear from you. Join us tomorrow for a Bible story that you might have missed in Sunday school as we continue through the book of Genesis right here on Simply the Bible.